Hey, what's up? My name is Stephen, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. We're starting a new series today called Behind the Scenes, and it, it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with movies, but it's the concept of when you watch a movie, what you see on the screen is not all that is taking place. That what you see on the screen is the work of a lot of things going on behind the scenes. There's a key grip guy. I have still have no idea what he does. There's a junior key grip, like we know about the producer and the director and the actors, but there's all these other smaller rows that go on behind the scenes. And when you look at our um, faith, our um, Christian walk, there is a lot that goes on behind the scenes that, that we're not aware of. And a lot of times, churches fall into one of two camps, and we've all probably attended one of these two churches. I know I have, that, that sometimes we attend churches um, where it's not talked about at all. Like the spiritual and the supernatural, supernatural is not talked about at all because maybe it doesn't exist, it's irrelevant, and we think that the people who talk about the spiritual and the supernatural, they're crazy and cultish, right? I've been on that side of the camp. But then there's also the side of the camp where there's churches and maybe, you know, believers that that's all that they talk about is all they talk about is angels and demons and the supernatural, and maybe they are a little crazy and cultish, right? But the difference is, is look, there's a ditch on either side of the road, right? I wanna keep us out of either ditch and keep us on the road, and so I wanna help us over the next three or four weeks to become aware of the spiritual side, the supernatural side to our faith walk and, and understand that there are some things that we don't always have all the answers to. And if you find someone, a pastor or someone that says they have all the answers, stay away. Because Paul says that, you know, this is the guy that wrote a third of the New Testament. He says a lot of, a lot of this is a great mystery and I don't pretend the, even pretend the, to understand it. I, I need some water. Don't even pretend to understand it. Ella, can you bring me some water so I don't keep doing it? And so here's what I want to encourage us to do. Give it up for my lovely daughter, Ella. Good job, Ella. Good job, good job, good job. Um, that there are things that we can't fully explain or understand, and we need to be aware that there are things um, unseen and behind the scenes spiritually that influence our lives. So we're gonna look at a couple of passages of scripture here. Paul says in Colossians 2.15, um, as you turn there, I'm gonna take a drink of water. Turning there, it's on the screen. Paul says, for through him, him in this case being Jesus, through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. And so Paul is saying there are two realms. There's a heavenly realm that we can't see, and then there is an earthly realm. And he says, he made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see. The things that we can see and things that we cannot see. 
And these things are such as thrones, as kingdoms, as rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. And he says, everything was created through him and for him. And so Paul is reiterating the fact that, that in this life, there are things that are front stage, that are on the screen that we can see. There are interactions and relationships that we have. There's, there are all these tangible things. But he's also saying there is another world, another realm that is unseen. And he tells us again in Ephesians chapter 6, um, verses 10 through 12. And this is a familiar verse for a lot of us maybe. Paul says, and he's speaking to the church of Ephesus, and he says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God or all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against all the strategies of the devil. So he's saying, look, the devil has strategies against us, that there are things that he's working and trying to do to block and to stop and to defeat us. And so he says this, he says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of what kind of world? The unseen world, things that we can't see against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. And so what he's saying is that there's a seen world and there's an unseen world. But not only is there a seen world and an unseen world, there are rulers and authorities in both. And, and there is a battle that is taking place in the unseen world, and this is a big word, that is made manifest in the world that we see. And so can I just be blunt and just speak truth that right now I think a lot of what's happening in America is not just a political war. A lot of what is happening in America is a spiritual war that is taking place behind the scenes that is peeking through the curtain and causing division, not just within our country, guys, but within churches, within families. Because this is where the enemy works. The enemy works in division and isolation, going all the way back to the beginning, to the fall of man after God created everything and everything that he created was what? Good. And God gave Adam and Eve permission to have of every, to eat from any tree in the garden. You can have anything, just don't touch this tree. And then the enemy comes, Satan comes and brings division, not just between Adam and Eve and God, but between Adam and Eve. And so the enemy works in division and isolation. And so a lot of what we're experiencing now, I want us to, to understand this mindset that some of the problems that we're having can be from just consequences of just being dumb in our decisions and just people being selfish, right? But some of what we're facing, we have to understand and be aware that it is a spiritual battle. That, that part of our faith as a believer and follower of Jesus, we have to understand that there is more than what we see. And so first thing I want us to know is there is more than what we see. Part of our faith story, and I, I don't always want to assume that everyone knows church lingo because sometimes the church can do that and everyone knows church history and, and you know, um, church stories. Part of our faith is, is having an understanding that, that Satan, Lucifer, was an angel, okay? And he had this grand scheme that he wanted to take God's place. And so reading through scripture, we can tell that he took maybe about a third of the angels in rebellion with him to try to overtake God. That's not happening, Right? And so he got his posse together and he came to God. I don't know what that fight looked like. It probably wasn't much. God probably snapped his fingers like Thanos and it was over, right? And it says that Satan and a third 
of the angels were cast out of heaven. And so what has been happening in the process through this is Satan is still fighting God even though he's lost. But he's not fighting God man to man. He is fighting God through you and I. And so when we feel like we're being attacked, and a lot of times we sing and, and, and we talk about battles, and a lot of times when we feel like we're being attacked, let me just let you know that it's not just about you. Like he's not coming at you. He's coming through you to get to God. Because he's trying again to bring division and severing the relationship that you have with God. We just happen to be in the middle of it. Think of it something as this, and, and, and if you experience this, I apologize because I was a part of that, that sometimes parents who have split will use their children to get back at the one that they've left, right? And so we are the ones in the middle with Satan trying to defeat God, and he's working and getting through us. So understand that sometimes maybe that coworker that you're upset with, that the enemy could be using him to frustrate you to pull you away and to act out of character, okay? So we have to understand that there are things going on behind the scenes that we don't see. There, there, are, there are angels that are working on our behalf. Um, scripture calls them servants, that, that they are servants of God, but they also serve us and protect us. We see it in, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament with interactions with angels, but then there's also these evil spirits that are demons that are fallen angels that are all working behind the scenes, either for or against us, for or against God. Does that make sense? And so I don't want to like spook you because we can go to one extreme or the other. I just want to open our eyes, pull back the curtain so that we're aware. And so I was thinking kind of like how movies are made now. It's just like mostly all green screen. And so I was trying to find a really good Marvel movie because I love all the Avenger movies of where the green screen was used, but I didn't find a clip as well as this one that I think portrays what could go behind the scenes. And so this is about a minute clip. You'll have to kill the lights of the movie John Wick, which I'm not real familiar with. I know it's Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves has been acting forever, but this is just a cool scene. I have not watched it, so do not hold it against me. All right? I have watched the clip. So this clip is completely like... Like, like clean, but I love the way this portrays behind the scenes and what takes place on the screen. All right, show this. They came up with this concept of having motorcycles that were on these pivots because they wanted to have mobility and then they wanted to move them in this green room. So then there were people pushing them in green suits. Yeah, we just wanted to put some dudes in green suits, really. It was pretty great. I just wanted to embarrass the stunt team. This suit sucks. So then it became this dance. It's like dance choreography. There's movements. There's a, there's a language of movement that we have to, you know, you have to play to. The choreography is so interlaced between the guys pushing the bikes the actual fight choreography and the camera move. You're on a motorcycle, you win machines, but that could move. You know? We could literally have all of the behaviors, leaning and hitting each other, and choreography. Doing the kind of reality, virtual reality, dream, action sequence. So it's motorcycles with swords. I 
don't, again, don't judge me for the movie. I haven't seen it. But, but that kind of paints a picture in the spiritual realm. Now, I'm not saying there's like little guys running around in green suits, right? Or even little guys running around in red suits in the world behind us. But there, there are things and things that are put in place that we don't see on the front. Do you guys catch, catch what I'm saying? And so I want us to be aware that there's more than what we see. And we, we see this really good story in Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 11, that, that paints a picture of that. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but we'll read a few parts of Scripture in a moment. But, but Daniel is a prophet, in case you don't know. And, and prophets have a special gift in that they are able to see visions from God and able to see things that, that those who do not have that gift are able, to, are, are able to see. And so they're able to, like God gives them just special insight to things that are going on. And so Daniel, in this case, had had a vision about something and he was troubled by it. And so he spent 21 days praying and fasting where he ate no you know, meat, no sweets, no bread. He just like cut out all the good stuff, right? I know that's how some of you eat. Um, I wish I could do that, but man, I love a good steak and I love a, like a good fudge round every now and then. So Daniel, Daniel cut all of this stuff out and didn't eat for 21 days. He's praying and, and he's asking God, what does this vision mean? And as the story goes, there's, there's an angel. He has another vision from an angel that shows up and and, and interprets this vision. And he says, for 21 days, I've been fighting with the prince of Persia, right? Which is a behind the scenes battle. And he receives this answer, but it paints an incredible picture of a lot of times what happens behind the scenes. And so there's some principles that I want us to understand. It's, is one, we, we have to know that what we do in the natural moves the spiritual, that there's this connection, there's this interconnectedness that what we do in the natural, and sometimes it could be so simple, it could be so mundane, and we could be completely naive to it, but we have to understand that what we do in the natural moves the spiritual. It says this in verse 13, Daniel chapter 10, verse 13, but for, I'm sorry, verse 12, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and humbled yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven, and I have come to answer your prayer. Since the first day you began to pray, God heard your prayer and sent an answer. And I know we just finished up a series on prayer. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But the moment you start praying, God hears your prayer and begins to put something in motion. And so we, we just finished a series on the power of our words, that you and I are able to speak life and death, to build things up or tear things down with our words. And that doesn't just happen, happen in the natural, it happens behind the scenes. That the power that you and I have in our prayer and in our words builds things up or tears things down. Um, we, we have to understand that even though like we're flesh, we can... Like we can poke our neighbor and we can see ourselves in the mirror, but we're, that's not all that we are. I see some of you poking your spouse, careful. Just a side note, have you guys seen that um, reel on Instagram? It's got like the karate chop sounds. And so it's like, and so it started out like you, you go and you like chop your dog up or your pet and the dog fights back. And now husbands are doing it to their spouses. I skipped the dogs because we don't have one, and I went straight for my spouse, um, thinking she would fight back. And apparently that first punch was like brought her to her knees. It was a little harder than what I thought, and so she just covered her face. But I say all that. It's like we can, like, we know that we're flesh, right? 
But not only are we flesh, we're also two other parts. We are a spirit that has a soul. We are a spirit being that has a soul. That's our emotions, that's our thought, that's our wisdom. And all of that is held within this body. And a lot of times we think that what we see is all that there is. But, but what we do in the natural moves the spiritual, the things that we do in this body, in relationships, in words, um, in actions, in attitudes, they create habits and mindsets that are more than just like psychology and physiology. There is a spiritual aspect to it, and there are consequences, both good and bad. So what we do in the natural moves the spiritual, but I also want you to understand this. What happens in the spiritual affects the natural. What we do in the natural affects the spiritual. In turn, the connection is what happens in the spiritual affects the natural. You guys follow me? Like there's this, there's this interdependence between the two. Daniel 10, 13 says, but for 21 days, the spirit prince, now this is the angel talking back to him, for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. So for 21 days, this, this, this messenger is coming with an answer to Daniel's prayer, and he is intercepted by this unseen authority of the unseen world, and now they are wrestling, and he says, then Michael, one of the archangels, came to me and helped me, and I left him there to wrestle. It was like, tag team, tag, you're it, I'm out, right? Left him there to wrestle with the prince of Persia. And so what you have to understand is because of the spiritual battle that is taking place, sometimes there can be a delay in what we're seeing God to move for. There can be a delay in our answer. And so what Daniel was going through is he was suffering in anguish mentally. He was suffering because he was, he was fasting. He was denying himself to get an answer. And so there was this gap of time because there was a battle going on in the spiritual, but we were suffering for it in the natural. Okay? So sometimes what we experience is a result of what's going on behind the scenes. Jennifer and I moved here with our family in June of 20, July of 2019 to start the church in February of 2020. We moved with one couple, we had another couple in Laverne, and we had a few loose relationships in the city that we sort of pursued but didn't. And we had a really, really hard time getting traction. Just like, there was a, probably about six months where I really genuinely felt like I'd miss God. And there was six months where I was really struggling, like, I just need to pack my family up and go home. Even though, like, I knew, like, I'd heard a year, like, two years earlier, like, this is where we were supposed to go, but I wasn't seeing the fruit. I wasn't seeing in the natural what I thought I would see because I was doing the work in the spiritual behind the scenes. And sometimes there's this gap between what's taking place in the spiritual and the natural. And so we prayed we fasted, we sought counsel, and in November and December, it's like we, we have to make a decision. Are we going to stay or are we going to go? If we stay, it means we're going to have to push back because we wanted to launch with 45 people on our team. And at that point, we had like nine, all right, nine or ten. And we have until January to have that team together. And it wasn't, it wasn't looking possible. And so in November, we made the decision to push back. So November of 19, we made the decision to push from February 20 to September 20. And that hurt really bad. Because you tell all your friends and family, hey, we're going to start a church. It's going to be awesome. They're like, oh, you're going to do incredible things, Stephen. You're a great pastor. You're going to do incredible things. And so it hurt my pride. But looking back, it really saved my tail. Because we would have had 
two services and had to close our doors. And so my wife and I were like, well, we have to do something with these people who have already committed to help us launch this church. And Levi and Caitlin were a couple of them. Willie and Caitlin were a couple of more. And Dale and Francie aren't here. And so that's, that was the team that we had. And so we got together with them. It was like, we're still committed. Are you guys on? This is, look, we're going to give you an exit right now if you want off. And so in January, we decided to start meeting with our team and praying. So actually, it was January 12th. We decided to start meeting with our, January 19th of 2020. We decided we're going to get together every Sunday. We're not going to have church. We're just going to hang out. We're going to pray, sing a few songs. At that point, we had kind of built our team to about 12 or 14. That first Sunday, and some of the team may remember, um, my middle daughter, her and my youngest daughter, had been wrestling upstairs, and her, and her elbow popped. Well, my middle daughter is a very passionate child, and she has big feelings. And so we were like, suck it up, buttercup, you're fine. And so that whole Sunday, and, and she had a great attitude, she would never move her arm. And so she kept it right here. And like, we're setting up. We're doing, and so we're like, all right, it's been like two or three days now. Maybe we should actually go get it checked out. So we go get an x-ray. Guess what? It's broken, <laughs> right? Dad of the year, suck it up with your broke elbow, right? <laughs> suck it up. And so like, so this is, this is how our prayer journey starts. And so for the next eight weeks, let me tell you what all happened, okay? My middle daughter broke her arm. My oldest daughter started having severe hip pain so much that if she sat more than two hours, she couldn't get up. Go to the doctor. They're telling us it could be possibly onset of um, teenage arthritis. And so we have a couple of MRIs waiting on the reports. Jennifer, I'm at Walmart one night. She slips in the kitchen, hits her head on the cabinet door, and then falls back, hits it on the table, has a double concussion, couldn't drive for six weeks. She went to school to teach the first day and like just like I finally had to go get her and we go to the doctor and he runs all these tests and it's like, yeah, you've got a concussion. He looks at me. I was like, I didn't do it. Like if, 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 if we came in together with a concussion, it's not because I gave her one. If I come in with a concussion, she probably gave it to me. Right now, I'm just kidding. I'm just so that happens for six weeks. She can't drive. She gets cleared to drive. Um, her first day she drives to school. It's raining outside. She walks in the school, slips, and falls, um, twists her ankle. So she's in a boot for the next four weeks. Um, in the process of that, Amelia ran fever three or four days, like multiple weeks in a row, no other symptoms. Um, our toilet upstairs overflows into our kitchen downstairs, causing about $1,500 worth of damage. We have a blowout on our tire leaving prayer one Sunday morning, have to get new tires. Uh, and all honestly, my wife and I probably had the worst fight that we've had in the entirety of our marriage. And, you know, I had to resolve and work through that. I find out my grandmother has cancer. She passes away very quickly on March 10th. And so from, and then the next week after my grandmother passes away is COVID lockdown. So from January 19th to March 10th, that was our world. And so you can look at that and, and be like, wow, that's a lot. Now, some of that could have been ignorance on me. Some of that could have been decisions we made, but not all of it. Because after talking to my mentors and my pastors, I was like, by the end of it, I, like we had, when, when the toilet overflowed, we had these dehumidifiers in our house with these like bags going up into our ceiling to dry out the ceiling. I just walked around and just laughed. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, can it, and I, 
I said it once, I never said it again. It's like, can it get any worse? Oh, it can get way worse, right? And I never said it again after that. But, but here's what I know. And after talking with my pastors and mentors, it's like we had made a decision to dig our heels in and the enemy didn't like that. And so he was doing whatever he could to discourage me. But actually, in those moments, I leaned in on God more and I felt stronger than I did in the six months before when it seemed like everything was going okay. We just weren't building our team. And so I say that if it just, for you, if it seems like it's just one thing after another, after another, could it be God's trying to bring, or the enemy's trying to bring division between you and someone else in your life or division between you and your heavenly father? So understand that. Now, I'm not saying everything that happens is a devil, right? Everything that happens is a demon. Because when I was in Jackson, one of our staff members, I was, I was leaving church one Wednesday night and I was passed by his car. I was like, dude, you got metal showing on your tires. It's like the belt was showing on your tires. Like you need new tires. He's like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna get it taken care of. So a couple of weeks goes by, he sends a text message and says that he's had a tire blowout because the devil's trying to keep him from church. And I'm like, no, you're just an idiot. You know, I didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But I'm like, man, change your tires. It's not the devil. Sometimes I want us to be aware, but we give the devil too much credit when we were just making poor decisions, right? But on the flip side, we have to understand that when things are going wrong over and over and we can't put our finger on it, we have to understand that there is a spiritual battle going on behind us that is now like bringing itself to the front to the main screen, okay? I don't wanna scare you, I don't want you, I, but I want us as a church to be aware because I really, really believe that a lot of what we're facing in our culture is not a political battle, it's a spiritual battle. And we are the children of God and we're in the middle of it. And so we need to make sure we're representing the right side, which is the heavenly side, not an earthly kingdom. Okay? And so we have to understand that. The third thing is this, and this is what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks, is, is we have to utilize spiritual principles in the natural. Okay? That sometimes you just can't have a quick fix. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 in the NIV says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have the divine power, somebody say divine power, to demolish these strongholds. So, so though we live in, these, in, in this world, so though we live in these relationships, in these systems, we can't use the world's ways and the system's ways to fight back, okay? We have to use other ways. We have to use other systems. We have to use spiritual and supernatural. And so that's why over the next few weeks, we're gonna be talking about these principles that help us fight and deal with this behind the scene battle. And so next week, Jonathan's gonna be talking about worship and why we worship and, and, and what happens when we worship. And then we're gonna talk about the principle of sowing and reaping. And it's not just a financial thing, but what you put out and sow into people, sow into life is what comes back in return. And it's not karma, right? You guys remember the show, My Name is Earl, right? Maybe not. I'm 
aging myself, right? Where, where he did this wrong thing that he's trying to do all these, these, these things to make up for it, to try to win a million dollars or whatever he was trying to do. It, it's not that way. It is a principle, just like you sow a seed in the ground and there is a harvest from it. It's the same with our words, with our actions, with our prayers, with our attitude. When we sow that into someone else's life or in our life or in a community, we reap part of that. We're gonna talk about the importance of controlling our thoughts and being led by the Holy Spirit, that there are these spiritual principles that we have to utilize. But above and beyond that, the most important thing that you and I have to do, we must align our life in the natural to the word of God and the spirit of God. We have to align our life in the natural to the word of God and the spirit of God. So it doesn't matter if we think it's a spiritual battle or if it's just a poor decision. If we are aligning ourselves with the word of God and the spirit of God, he will fight for us. He will protect us. He will guard us. And, and, and we see this in Galatians 5, 16 through 17. Paul's given some advice to the church. He says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. And what he's saying is like part of the spiritual battle is, is we have these natural urges, we have these natural tendencies because of our flesh, because of our desires that the enemy twists to do things that are opposite and contrary to what God wants us to do, right? And it may be a series for another time. Like, like every urge, every temptation that we have is actually a twisted desire that God has put in us. Lust is a twisted desire that God has put in us for love and connection and community right? Greed is a twisted desire that God has put on the inside of us to have things, to desire things. And so we have to understand that some of these twisted desires are from our flesh, and it wants to do what is opposite of what God wants to do. It says they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. So for those of you who maybe have, have experienced this, you know what the right thing to do is, but you find yourself doing the wrong thing. I love what Paul says. He says, the good things that I wanna do, I don't do. The bad things that I don't wanna do, those are the things that I find myself doing. Anybody else, right? It's like, we know what the right thing is to do, but there's been so many times like, God, I didn't do that. Why? Because we're fighting this spiritual battle with our flesh and the two are opposed to each other. Conflict with what we wanna do and what we should do and it's just not an easy decision. And Paul says this also in Ephesians. He says, for you were once in darkness, but now you're in light. This is for those of us who are walking in relationship with Jesus, that those of us who have crossed over from darkness to light, what you and I are supposed to do is live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And he says this, find out what pleases the Lord have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. And that's what I'm wanting to do partly today and in this series is to expose the darkness, the deeds of the darkness that, that try to creep into our world that we find ourselves wanting to do. The spiritual affects the natural. And so we have to be aware of it. We have to expose it and make decisions against it. Does that make sense? And so what does that look like, all right? Solomon says in Proverbs, he says, um, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else because out of it flows everything else in life. And so how do things get into our, our heart? 
Things get into our heart through our eyes, through our ears, um, really at times through our mouth and, and, and through our hands. So what do we do with our eyes? Um, we have to guard what we see. We have to guard what we take in through our eyes. And so what does that mean? And, and so I was like, great example. You showed John Wick. Great. All right. So we, we have to understand that there are things in culture that are contradictory to God's word and God's best. There are things in culture that may not necessarily be sin, but it glorifies things that are against God's best and God's values. Does that make sense? And so we have to guard what we bring in and watch and read consistently, and do they line up with God's words and values? With our ears, what we listen to consistently, is it lining up with God's words and values? With our mouths, what we say is what we say lining up consistently with God's words and values. And with our hands, it's like, all right, what does that mean? It's like what we embrace, who we embrace, the relationships we embrace. Do they line up with God's words and values consistently? And I like, it can be really hard to get in a ditch on this, right? Because you can go hard right on legalism or you can go hard left and, and not concerned about anything. This is, and, and I want you guys to look at me and hear me on this, all right? Let me, and I rarely do this. Um, this is where you have to lean into what God is showing you in his word and in your time with him and discern through personal conviction of what is healthy for your heart and what you need to be taking in. And so if the, the enemy will, will attack on both ends of the spectrum, okay? If you're young in the faith, a new Christian, maybe a little unwise, he can use our, um, I don't know the right word, naiveness, is that a word? Naivete, maybe? Um, or is, did I get it right, Chris? No, way off. <laughs> He's like, mm, try again. I'm not even going to try that again. But our, our, our lack of knowledge, he can use our lack of knowledge, knowledge to um, lead us into areas that are spiritually unhealthy for us. Does that make sense? Um, not understanding. And so just, just to speak very quick, like, like everyone has different opinions about Halloween. I'm very cautious on what I celebrate for Halloween because so much of it glorifies violence and ungodliness. And I know we're all at different places and that is my personal conviction, but I just want, I want us to be mindful even on like movies and even like news and even social media feeds, what we bring in through our ears and our eyes and what we embrace with our hands and our heart. And that's also with relationships. The relationships that we have, are they aligning ourselves with God's value and God's word and God's spirit? Because remember, what takes place in the natural moves the spiritual, okay? But then we can go to the other end of the spectrum for those of us who have grown up in church and we've seen it, we've heard it, we've experienced it, we've studied it, we think we have it all figured out. God can use legalism, in, or not God, Satan can use legalism, okay? Listen to it. God can use legalism to attack us in, this, in, in, in the natural, okay? 
Satan can use legalism. I get it right. Satan can use legalism. I'm feeling the sweat right here because, because this is a touchy point, and I want us to be aware is that God can, uh, Satan, come on, attack right now. No, Satan can use all of our knowledge and our pride against us. Satan can use our lack of knowledge and um, naivete or whatever against us, right? I get it right. Ignorance against us, and I want us to be aware. And I want us over the next few weeks to be putting into place these principles of, okay, I know we sing songs at church. Worship is more than just a portion, a segment of a Sunday morning service. Worship is an act that changes things. You know, as we're reading God's word, it's more, as I'm preaching, it's more than you guys just learning. It's hopefully building up your spirit and giving you wisdom and things that you can use to grow in your relationship with God and spiritually that affects your natural world. Um, Colossians 2, 13 through 15, and I'm gonna land here. And he says this, he says, when you were dead in your sins, And in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all of your sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. So what he's saying is that one of the tools of the enemy is to use our sin and our indebtedness because of that sin um, to condemn us. But it says he's taken all of that away and nailed it to the cross. Verse 15 says this, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. We have the ultimate power to defeat anything going on behind the scenes through the work that was done on the cross. And so for those of you who are here today, and maybe this is new to you, you're like, I don't understand. The greatest power that you have to be aware of that is available to you is the power that you have through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that the enemy will use your sin, he will use your guilt, he will use your, your, your shame, the things that you've done in the past, he will use it behind the scenes to separate you in the natural from people who care about you, to separate you in the natural from the destiny and the plans that he has for you. But the crazy thing is as much as the enemy tries to do behind the scenes, Jesus has already done all the work behind the scenes to give us victory behind the scenes. The victory behind the scenes is made manifest in the natural when we give our life to him. And look, there are wars and there are battles. The war is already over. The war has already been won. Let me say that. The war has already been won. We have victory in that. Satan is still trying to pick his battles. He might win a battle now and then, but he's already lost the war. And so for those of you who are here today, let me just encourage you, if that's you, and you've been fighting some battles and you've been fighting them alone, you don't have to fight them alone, but you can fight them through the power that's given to us, through the power that's on the cross. So I want to invite us to close our eyes and bow our heads just for a moment. For those of you that are in here today, and just want to encourage you just Take a little inventory of your life and just kind of see where your heart's at and see what God's dealing with you in in this moment. And understanding that all of what you've went through, some could be 
because of poor decisions. But some of those poor decisions could be because the enemy is trying to keep you from a relationship with him. And the enemy is trying to keep you from God's best. John 10, 10 says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And if that's you today and you want life and want it more abundantly, I just want to invite you just very quickly just, just to lift your hand. Just lift your hand and you can just slip it right back down. Just another moment. Awesome. All right, look up here at me. Just for a moment. Raising your hand doesn't save you. And maybe you didn't raise your hand, but in, in your heart, in your spirit, you're like, I need to make some changes. I need a relationship with Jesus. There's some things that I need help in. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It simply acknowledges that you need a savior. It's just like when a child falls and reaches up to its father, the dad's going to bend down and pick him up. And here's the thing. God's waiting and ready to pick you up. And in a moment as we pray, here's what I want you to do at your seat. If you raise your hand, it's just simply say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for what I've done. I want to follow you. I want you to lead me. I believe that you died for my sins so that I could have forgiveness. And for the rest of us, it's, it's my prayer that in these crazy times that we can keep our eyes open, our ears open, and our hearts open to what's going on around us and realize that there's a spiritual battle and we're in the middle of it and we have a responsibility to align our lives with God's word and God's value. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I come to you this morning. God, I thank you so much just for the work that you've done in this room today and the hearts of people. And God, you see those that have lifted their hands and even those that didn't, God, those that need a relationship with you that are coming back into relationship with you maybe. They've walked away from you, from your house, from your family, but they're coming back. And God, welcome them as you always do with open arms. Surround them with your love, with your forgiveness, with your kindness, with your gentleness. Silence the voices of the enemy of guilt and shame and dread and insignificance. And God, reassure them that some of what they faced could be because of things they've done, but maybe it's also because the enemy is trying to keep them from you, from the purpose and the path that you have for them. So, Father, we thank you for the forgiveness of those sins. You've placed them as far as the east is from the west and never to remember them again. They walk in new life from this day forward. And, God, for the rest of us, for your church, open our eyes to the world around us. God, help us to see that there are, there are things in play and at work that we need to be aware of to pray for, to pray against, to guard our eyes, our ears, our hands, our hearts, our mouths, and know that they move things in the spiritual that brings forth fruit and action in the natural. So God, let us be the light in this world in such a dark time. So Father, we thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's, let's celebrate those.